Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. So, welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I, in addition to what we are reading and our fall updates, are going to be discussing paperbacks, because I looked back and I realized that we have not done a roundup of the things that we have read that have come out in paperback or notable books that have come out in paperback in quite a bit of time. So we'll be getting into that today. Yes. So Gail, why don't you kick it off with what you've been reading? Okay. So what have I been reading? Um, I'm still doing Mary B on audio. I have very strong opinions about this book. Are you liking Um, it? I am going. I have to admit that I'm going to have to switch to print. The first chapter just bored me to tears. Oh, interesting. The first chapter did. Okay. She was well because she was. It's the one where they explain while well, she's so plain and they're like running through the forest and yeah, they have that game going on and I don't know. I just it was not holding my attention on audio. Okay. Um, yeah, switch to print and see if that if that changes it. Um, it's a very interesting reading experience. I'm about a halfway done. And the first the first third of it seemed to okay, well here's my here's my analysis. The first third of the book takes place during the time that Pride and Prejudice takes place. So you're dealing with kind of plot elements and characters that are very familiar because they are offshoots of the existing book by Jane Austen. I'm now in like, let's say part two, which takes place about six months later. And it takes place after Pride and Prejudice, the book ends. And so it's purely the author's imagination now. She's concocting plot and character developments that are beyond what Jane Austen even, you know, skeletally sketched in her book. And that's where my feelings about the book started to diverge because what, mm-hmm. what I'm finding is that when she's very faithful to Pride and Prejudice, I really like, you like it. it. And when she's reimagining some of the characters or imagining, for example, Lizzie and Darcy's marriage, um, you know, that's when I have more discomfort with it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold judgment on the book until I finish it um, because I would like to see what happens. But I think my conclusion is that we're all just craving more and more and more Pride and Prejudice, and it's just not going to happen. She only wrote that one book about these characters, and she's not alive anymore. So we're not going to get any more Jane Austen about these five sisters from Jane Austen's perspective. And we okay. have to accept I think that. we I think we knew that going in. Yes. But, you know, we, we like a good close approximation. Well, but that's – I think that all of these spinoff books that we've talked about, the kind of – the. Pride and Prejudice franchise, the Pride and Prejudice industrial complex that has been generated since the book ended is it's really satisfying. Well, it's us trying to find something that doesn't exist. Like it, it doesn't ha- It can't happen. We're craving it and we're searching for it, and it's not going to happen. And so, you take something like Eligible, like like Curtis Sittenfeld, like that's going to you know that's going to be a total reimagining. This book. Is not re- this book is written in the style of Jane Austen, and it takes place with the same characters at the same time. So, like it, 
you may be looking for an extension and that's not, and I think that's not what this book is, but I feel like I should like, I've already said a lot, but I feel has very strong. I do have strong feelings and it's funny. I I went on Goodreads just yesterday just to kind of see what other people are saying. Mm -hmm. And like, people are very polarized, polarized on this book. And I see why, like if you're a true lover of pride and prejudice, there are things that will feel very uncomfortable to you in this book. And, you know, all right. So I think that we, I'm going to definitely push through and read this because I feel like now we have to book club this book. Okay, good. So everyone get your copies of Mary B ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not unenjoying it. Like I like the book. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not unenjoying it. it. That's a little double negative for you, but, um, I, I, I definitely have you're thoughts. not enjoying it. No, I am enjoying it. I just have very strong feelings about it. It provokes okay. strong reactions in me, not always positive, but I'm just saying okay. like, it's so I would love for you to finish it. Cause I would love to really discuss this with you in depth. Okay. All right. So then I will do that. Like I said, her running through the woods, playing that game with Lizzie and whatever, realizing she was playing. It was just sort of like this. Well, is that'll so end. That'll end pretty fast because then she starts okay. to get into like Mr. Collins and Bingley and Darcy. And like, you'll start that, that part. She's just setting the scene there, but you'll, if you get past that, I think you'll the, it'll, the speed will pick up for you. And I actually think I might like, just like that more. If I, if I'm reading the written word, some things I just don't like to be read. Yeah. And that could be it. Yeah. Just like sort of your experience with, um, I don't know, the book that you were reading and you were listening to on audio and you switched to the print version. Everything is beautiful. Everything. Yeah. Right. Right. Different experience. Very different. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else are you reading? So I finished ghosted, which you read as well. Um, that was a quick read. And, uh, that's funny. That book took some turns. I wasn't expecting. Like I kind of was like, right? Oh, I got this. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I got this thing figured out. This she's trying to set up this mystery and it's so obvious. And then, uh, then like you get to a few little twists and you're like, Oh, not so obvious. That, not so right. obvious. Not so obvious. So yeah, I liked she said it. I have tricks. She had tricks. Um, it was a good, I needed a distracting read, a quick and distracting read and it's fit the bill very well. Right, because that book you just sort of want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. I, I agreed with your assessment of it. So good that you're out of your, you know, the, I don't know, the sort of literary fiction, long and intricate right. slump. Yes. I mean, after um, A Place for Us, I needed, like, I needed a complete change of pace. <laughs> So I finished Ghosted and I started a book that I found on, somebody recommended it. I'm going to say it was either Catherine at Gilmore Girls or Sarah at Sarah's Bookshelves or one of the other newer blogs I've started reading, but this book called Girl um, Girl Unknown by Karen Perry. Do you know anything about that? Oh, okay. It's, okay. yeah, so um, it's... A little, I wouldn't say it's a psychological thriller, but it's about um, a guy, a professor whose student comes into his office one day and is like, hi, I think you're my father. And so... Oh, yeah. That was on my list of things I wanted to read. Oh, okay. That, I picked that up. I got it out of the library. And uh, I'm like, I don't know, maybe like 40, 50 pages in. And so far, it's good. Like, I... I have like a lot of stuff going on. We're moving. I'm just dealing with a bunch of crap. So I need something that like 
isn't going to be too much mental effort. So this one right. seems like it's, you know, kind of like ghosted. It's sort of in that same vein. Right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, that sounds like it'll be, you, you want to know the story there. Like, is that her dad and what happened? Yeah. Because, you know, whenever you hear a story like that, like someone discovers a long lost sibling or child or something, you immediately are like, what's the impact on the family? And that's what this right. is. Right. I'm looking at the tagline, a deadly cuckoo in the nest, because by letting Zoe in, David and Carolyn aren't just leaving themselves vulnerable. They're risking the most precious thing in the world, the lives of their children. Oh, so this hmm. is going to get a, have a take a turn, it sounds like. Dun, dun, dun. A little dark turn. All <laughs> right. Well, we'll see how much I like it after it takes the dark turn. Right. So that's me. How about you? Okay. So... You know, Total Impulse, I was in the bookstore the other day, and I don't know, maybe it's because I see so many people with it. I picked up You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Um, I see everyone reading this book, and I was just super curious. It came out in April of 2013, so... Is it nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Okay. Um, The subtitle is How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's one of those self-help books. I'm finding it really funny. It's sort of, um, I guess the principles are heavily based on sort of law of attraction principles, but they're just, she just has, it's just so humorous that it's, I don't know, it's just giving me a laugh fest and making me feel better about myself more than, than anything else. Have you ever (laughs) doubted your greatness? (laughs) <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I doubt my greatness occasionally. Okay. <laughs> um, interesting. I've never even heard of this book, so I'm in- intrigued. Really? It's got this, well, oh, that's right. You don't, you know, I forget the culture is so different when you drive mm-hmm. because, you know, like I'm on the subway, I see people carrying their books on the street. So in New York, I feel like um, it's almost like looking at everyone's just like this bookshelf all the time. Yeah. You see... You know, you see certain books and certain books I'll be surprised. Oh, a man is reading this book or, you know, this seems really masculine or feminine. And so it's just always so interesting to see what different people are reading. And this book is one of these books that I see all the time. Interesting. And it shows up in my Goodreads feed. So I was just, um, yeah, totally on impulse. And I was curious. Okay. Um, I'm also reading this book called The Watcher by Carolyn Erickson, and it just came out. I remember we had talked about, or I think I had mentioned how Amazon had their publishing arm has been buying up a lot of the the Swedish, Danish, um, those mysteries. You know, their mysteries tend to be a lot darker, so they're buying a lot of those books and trans having them translated so this is one of those books that's because it's so dark there all the time in the winter right yeah that's true when i have a few cloudy days things start to get a little grim once we Mm -hmm. you know once it's been a week to 10 days of um of dark weather so i guess i can see that so this one is sort of I, i guess the immediate thing that comes to me is is alfred hitchcock is it rear window Mm-hmm. What's the one? Is that the one where the woman is looking out in the windows all the time? Yes. Sort of the one that AG, the AJ Finn is sort of similar to. Yes, that's Rear Window. So this is sort of like that. It is this woman, um, her marriage 
a happy marriage has unexpectedly broken up. And I think it's because they are at odds about whether they want to have children. I think she does and he doesn't. So she has moved out. Her sister has found this apartment for her. And she's sort of in a depression. She's a writer, but she hasn't been writing um, on her own projects much lately. She's working on things for other people. And she goes to, you know, she has like these weekly dinners with her sister. Like her, her sister is clearly concerned and checking in on her. But so she's in this apartment that her sister has found from her. I guess it's sort of like a temporary situation while she's trying to figure out her life. And she starts looking out the window and, of course, noticing the comings and goings of her neighbors. And it seems like they have a very violent marriage. And she's wondering, you know, whether she should interfere because this is escalating. But the thing is, it's inspiring her as a writer. Oh. So. Um, yeah, so far so good. Interesting. So, yeah, so it's like a, it's a translated sort of version of that and we'll see how it pans out okay what which countries are from erickson um i don't know they don't tell you norway or stuff like that i would erickson i would think norway or sweden yeah just because of the spelling of the name yeah that would be my guess yeah they usually say by whoever oh let's see swedish yes okay Cool. All right. Well, that's an update on where we're re- what we're reading and where we are with our books. And um, do you want to hop into a discussion of paperbacks? So we're in October, and there's tons and tons of great fiction out, but there's also or great new releases, fiction and nonfiction. But then there's also a lot of great paperbacks that have come out since the summer, so like June through now, um, of books that were big last year. Uh, and actually, yeah, we're usually a little bit more diligent about updating. Like we usually do a quarterly update on the paperback show, on the paperbacks that are coming out, but they got away from us. Yeah, so we're going to do a little catch up. And so Nicole and I have each picked a few books that came out over the summer or this fall in paperback. Most of which are ones we read in hardcover or in review copy, and we wanted to share them here in case you're looking for a, a lighter and cheaper way to. Get your fix. Oh, my God. I saw the most amazing meme thing on the Internet last night. It was like someone posted in, um, I think it was Ashley Spivey's book club. Yeah. Group. I saw that. Did you see what, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because I saw your, you, it, it alerted me that you had commented on something in there. Oh, you saw it. So it's just like this big black box of text. And it says inside, <laughs> Like, life is just a series of obstacles keeping me from reading my book. <laughs> Something like right. that. And I was like, oh. And I was sitting there on my bed, and, like, my book was next to me, and I just couldn't read it because I had to do all this other shit. And I was like, yes. <laughs> that is how I feel about pretty much everything and everyone in my life. <laughs> right now. And I pointed out to my husband, and he was not amused. And I'm like, no, that is my life. Like, if you all would <laughs> stop talking to me, I could read my book. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you tickle me about going on vacation. You're just like, nope, as soon as I'm in the chair on the beach, I'm reading my book. Yeah. It's like, please leave me back. Okay. Why don't you start with one or two from your paperback list? Okay. So let's see what's out in paperback. Um, So there were a few that tie in with 
there are a few that tie in with our conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about books to movie. And I don't know if we mentioned it then, but the the wife, of course, is out in, or they have like they've reissued it probably with the you know a cover that has Glenn Close on it or something because it's out in the movies. So there's that. And I've also been watching this show on I think it's on Lifetime. It's called You. And it's based on the novel by Carolyn Kepnes. Yep. And so, of course, they have the cover that has Dan from Gossip Girl on it, whatever his name is. Um, Yeah, I don't even know. Whatever. Dan from Gossip Girl is on the cover because he's playing the main character of Joe from You. Okay. So, which is basically about this sort of... I won't even say sort of. He is a stalkery guy who whose ideal woman comes into a book book um, the bookstore where he works, and he starts following him her around and insinuating himself in her life. Um, you know, I had that book in my house for a really long time, and I got rid of it, and now I'm kind of regretting it because that show is getting great reviews, and I thought maybe, but well, maybe I should just watch the show then. It's so good. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I mean, I was in the bookstore the other day, and I was sort of flipping through it. And it, there, of course, there's more in-detailed conversations of certain things, but this is a series, so I'm sure it's sort of going in its own way. It's probably both more and less faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it is really good. I've been watching it. Do you, um, Is it scary? No, not really. I mean, I don't I don't know what you what do you think of as scary? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a complete wimp about anything scary. Like is he is she in physical danger a lot? Oh no, she's not in physical danger at all. Um I would think that anyone that she might be interested in could be fair game. Okay. <laughs> there may or may not be a little a little bit of murder, you know. Oh really? All all in order to get the girl. <laughs> okay. Um all right. It's, so it's all told it's the book is all told in the second person and the narration in the series is also in the second person like you know you come into the bookstore this is what you look like this is what you're doing and he's sort of it's it's funny because it's sort of com- commenting on life at the same time. Like he's critiquing her choices and her friends. And, of course, he's making up this narrative about who he thinks she really is. I think that you will enjoy it. I mean, it's not, yeah, yeah, you know, so maybe there's a, a, a kidnapping or a murder <laughs> or two. But I think you can handle it. Okay. All right. Uh, is it, is it like an entire year series or is it one of those like six episode things? Um, I'm not sure. It might be a limited series. It might be, but then there's a sec, she wrote a second book, which the story of her writing the second book is that she loved the narrator who did the, who narrated the first novel so much that she was inspired to write. Um, I don't know if it was a sequel or, or if she wrote it from a different perspective, but she was inspired to continue the story because I guess he inhabited the voice of that character so well. Okay. I think you should get, you should watch it. Okay. I'm debating on whether I will read the book after I finish the series. I might. Mm. Always, always a dilemma. 
Um, so what about you? All right. So a couple of books that um, came out in the summer, paperback books. Um, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman, which is a very popular book club slash literary fiction book from last year. Um, that's about a woman who has spectrum issues and also a very traumatic childhood who's trying to kind of live this very constricted, uh, regimented, rules-driven life and about how she is forced to confront the issues she uh, had to deal with as a kid, but at the same time connect with people outside of her little very lonely existence. It's a really sad book, um, although someone called it I just was reading a, an article about this trend that's, oh, I already forget, it's, it's called like uplifting books or something. It's about these books about people overcoming and persevering. So instead of the kind of super dark, like Gone Girl, we're now seeing more books like this. Kind of like, I maybe put Jojo Moyes in that category too. They're, you know, out of tragedy comes positive things. And this book isn't that thing. And I wish I could remember now what the the, the term that they coined to describe them. Well, there's definitely a historical trend with that. I mean, all of the comic book series or whatever, you know, like the comic book characters, Marvel, and mm-hmm. they're all, you know, they talk about the superheroes and they're all based on whatever was going on in the country and whatever kind of hero we needed. And I think that probably the Obama years were just more optimistic so that we could explore darker fiction and now we have the Trump year, so we get darker, well, not darker fiction, but we get a darker narrative all the time, so we're going for the lighter, feel-good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it like a light read, because there's some very sad things that happened, but it ends on a positive note. It ends with hope as opposed to despair. Right. So um, so anyway, that is, book was is very popular, and that came out in June. And then another one that came out in June on the same day is The Confusion of Languages by Siobhan Fallon, which you and I both read. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. So that's about a woman that came out last summer, and or at least I read it last summer. And it's about a woman who, or two women who are living in, where were they? Iraq. Dubai? Oh, Iraq. Dubai. Iraq or Dubai, yeah. They were living in the Middle East because of their husbands being stationed there in the army. And one has lived there a long time and one just moved there. And the one who just moved there disappears after a couple months of them living there. Um, And it's kind of about their friendship and what happened to her. And it's so funny. I can't actually remember now what happened to her. I remember much more about the relationship between the two than I do about why she disappeared and what ultimately happened to her. I kind of have a vague memory. So when we finish this podcast, you're going to have to tell me um, when we, when we stop recording. So we don't ruin this for anyone, but um, right. I'm a big, they're based in Jordan, actually. Oh, Jordan. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Siobhan Fallon and her writing. And she always writes about the military, which I always find interesting. And so uh, that's a really good book. And I recommend picking that up, even if I can't remember exactly how it ended. So that came out in June. So if you want a good paperback, Siobhan Fallon, Confusion of Languages. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what we say when we're talking about not remembering books. We read a lot of literary fiction, 
And I think part of it is not on us. Part of it is that literary fiction is heavily based in relationships. So there's not a lot of plot to remember. True. Wouldn't you think? Uh Because I'm thinking about these books that I've read. And it's just like, I know this was a really good book. And I know that things happen. But it's usually more about, oh, this was, you know, this was more about the relationship with her son. Or this was more about the relationship between these friends. And... So now I feel better. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, Because you take a book like uh, Perfect Day. What was that one called? One Perfect Day? One Perfect Day. The one with the the psychopath husband. Yeah, right. Cara Ruda. Yeah, I can tell you like lots of plot. I can tell you exactly what happened in that book. Exactly. Or when I think about Gone Girl. Yeah. When I think about The Woman in the Window. Yeah, I can tell you what happened in these books, but when you, you know, like when you get into something that's more, yeah, like the confusion of languages, yes, it's about these women and their relationships and in the military, but I'm a little fuzzy on the ending too. And I think it's because it's just not essential to the book. Yeah, I think that's right. A very good point. Um, Even though I do remember the stars are fire very well. Oh my God. <laughs> Every word of that book. Anita Shreve. And how it ended. Everything. Oh, my God, that book. So good. Was that this year or last year? Last year. Um, I think it came out last year. It might be out. It might. I wonder when that's coming out in paperback or if it has come out in I'll paperback. Look it up Maybe it came out in paperback in the spring and we talked about it then. Because I don't remember. I'm what looking we... it up. Um, I was just trying to think, like, is that going to be, like, my favorite book of this year? But I think it was last year. I think we both ranked that really yeah, high it came last out year. Last year. Yeah, it came out in paperback in uh, March of 2018. Right, so we probably, we probably mentioned it on that other show. Yeah. Okay, why don't you go take a few? Okay, so a book that I really love, it is a family. It's like a generational saga about this family who lives in the Middle East, and I think part of their family ends up in the United States, so it's about the culture, is called Salt Houses. And uh, it was such a good book, very intricate, and you get into that family. I wouldn't say it's it's slow-moving like A Place for Us, but it's out. If you like those kinds of books, um, it came out in paperback. On the, I guess, psychological thriller spectrum, we have White Bodies by Jane Robbins, which came out over the summer. And I read that, and I don't know if I mentioned it that much on the podcast. It was a super, it was really, it was such a weird book. Um, I won't say that it wasn't good, but it was just like, there were things that happened in that book, and it was about the relationship between these um, twin sisters, and one is a successful actress, and I don't know if I was ever quite clear on why the other one didn't wasn't able to get her life together, but it's just sort of about the relationship that they have. It's so interesting to me because I feel like people totally have you ever heard of have you read a book about, about well-adjusted twins? Well, I'm super uh, sensitive to books about non-well-adjusted twins. I know. Because but your twins aren't your girls are they identical? They're not identical. No, they they're not. They're not. I, they're not. So, yeah, and I do think books tend to focus on identical twins. Um, No, I mean, I think of, like, Sisterland, which was by Curtis Sittenfeld, and they had a really messed up relationship. And then there's that crazy one uh, that I read by um, 
the woman who wrote Audrey Niffenegger, who wrote Time Traveler's Wife. What was that book that she wrote with the kind of gothic book about the twin sisters in England? Oh, gosh. That name is on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. The... Definitely read that one. Something symmetry. Yeah, her fearful her fearful symmetry. Right. They were totally messed up. I think that's your point. Yeah. 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 You don't get like I read the Ice Twins, which is really good and really tweet creepy by SK Tremaine, but it was totally messed up. Totally messed up. I think I I don't know what when did that book come out? I don't know if you had just had your third child and I would not have recommended that book. What's it called? And, to anyone who's pregnant. The Ice Twins. Oh. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the authors who are writing these disturbing twin books don't have twins. Do not have twins or they are not twins themselves. Because I think people <laughs> I think people who have twins or are twins are really super sensitive to that because they're just like, we're not that weird. We're just people. So, But what makes that different? Because I feel like we write a lot about um we, well, we write in extremes because either you get like these really messed up sister stories who are not twins mm-hmm. or it's sort of like I would do anything for my sister. I mean, because who wants to read a story about well-adjusted anything? Well, right. right. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> there are these twins and, you know, they were really healthy and they love each other. Yeah. And like, okay. Yeah. So... Um, so, um, also the widow of wall street by Susan Randy Myers came out over the summer, which I felt like that was a good sort of, um, another, this was a retelling of the birdie, a fictional telling of the birdie, Bernie Madoff story and his relationship with his wife, Ruth, and, you know, just how she dealt with, you know, how how she dealt with the fallout from that, what she knew when, you know, what their relationship was like. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that one. That's a, it's a good like page turner, like really interesting. Um, I, I would say it's good. It's good for a vacation or a beach because it's going to go pretty quickly because of course that's a super compelling story. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So a few more I have from over the summer. Um, you and I may have both on this have this on our list is Stay With Me by right. Ayobami Adebeo, which we have discussed many times on this show. We picked it up at Buzz Panel 2017 or 16, 2017, I think. And that's the story of a couple in Nigeria. It's Nigeria, right? Yes. Yes. And um, she's unable to have children. But he has promised her he won't take on another wife. So it's about how do they resolve this issue that they're infertile and there's another woman in the mix. And it's a he has to take on another wife. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. But there are actually a lot of speaking of interesting twists and turns. That book has a lot of interesting twists and turns. Yes. You don't know who's lying. You don't know who knows what. Who knows the other one's lying. The secrets that they keep between them for a very long time. It's very sad. Very sad. Um, but really good. And, uh, I love that book. I listened to that one on audio. It was fantastic. So that book is out now in audio, in a paperback. It came out in July. So highly recommend that one. And then another book that came out, which I highly do not recommend is <laughs> the misfortune of Marion Palm. 
and I'm now blanking on who wrote who wrote it. But um, that is a book with a really intriguing concept. It's a woman who's been embezzling money from her kid's school in Brooklyn, her daughter's school, and she's embezzled a lot of money, and she's basically been found out and goes into hiding. And so it's about what she does when she goes into hiding and then how her family, her husband and her two daughters, how they deal with her their mother's disappearance and the allegations against her mom. And it's just not very good. I just, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, I don't mind the weirdness part of it. I just, I found it kind of annoying after a while. I did that one on audio and ugh, I didn't like that book so much. So if you're considering the misfortune of Marion Palm, I wasn't a fan. Reconsider. Yeah. Reconsider. <laughs> I was not a big fan of that one. It has a 3.14 on Goodreads, which I feel like is pretty low for Goodreads. Yeah, that seems pretty um, accurate. accurate. Yeah, accurate. Um, so another one that was sort of book to movie that came out again in paperback, because I'm sure it got, you know, like the new cover is The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters. This is one of those creepy reads. It's probably good for right about now, you know, when you you have your coffee or tea and you're curled up and it's, you know, getting light or getting dark pretty early. One of those good creepy reads to read that I really don't remember because it's sort of a literary fiction creepy read. So it's a lot about these intricate relationships and things that are happening in this old house that I don't remember. Like I saw the trailer and it was like, I read this book and I just don't remember. Hmm. Um, but it's out. I kind of want to. I kind of want to revisit that. You know, now I'm getting these books because I'm curious to see the movies and to make that comparison. You know, no matter what order I see it in. Yep. So I don't know. I, I might. There may be some rereading in my future. Oh, good. So there's a couple that I'm going to mention briefly, just because we have covered them on the podcast. Um, Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney, which is a book that I listened to on audio. And it's about this woman who is in a coma and she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember how she got there. And it's, you know, one of these things where she can hear what's going on around her. And her sister is coming to visit and her husband's coming to visit. And then you also get like these flashbacks of um, what's leading up to what happened to her. And so she tells you three things about herself. And the last thing she tells you is that sometimes she lies. So, of course, you have no idea what's going on through most of the book. But it's very good. Very good thriller. So that's out. Um, The Other Side of Everything by Lauren Doyle Owens, which is sort of a, a book set in Florida. It follows the narrative of three different people. One is a teenage girl who's working in a diner. And she sort of has this dangerous attraction to a man around town. One is this artist who's, who is separated from her husband because of, I don't know, whatever issue she's been having. And one is told from the perspective of an elderly man. And it's all about what happens when these murders start happening in their community. And it's, um, you know, it's set in Florida, so it's a lot of concentration on what's happening. You know, like a lot of these people have grown up and raised families together. And they have ties. So two elderly people are murdered. And, of course, you know, there's fear in this community and it's a thing. And it's told through the the perspectives of, you know, the people that I mentioned. And it's a pretty good read. Okay. Um, All right. I have a couple more to mention quickly, too, from 
more this fall than the summer. Um, in September, Hillary's book, What Happened, came out. Uh, that's the story of what happened in the 2016 election. And you read that one, right? I did read it. I listened to it on audio narrated by the author herself. Um, and I really liked it. I'm glad I read that book. And, uh, you know, I read it at a time when, well, I would say when emotions were still very raw from the emotion, from the election. I guess I would say they still are. But um, I thought it was really good. If you're not a Hillary fan, I don't recommend picking this book up because you won't like it. If you are a Hillary fan, <laughs> then I do recommend it will feel therapeutic and it will also get you riled up and angry all over again. Um, I did an audio listening to her voice, which was really good. But if you don't do audio, then I think the paperback would be a, a nice option. It's also a big book. So I'm, my guess is the savings are pretty significant if you go paperback versus hardcover. So that came out in September. So question for you about that one. Uh-huh. How do you think, like you said, you read it at the time when it just came out. How do you think you would read it now, a couple of years on from? Um, I mean, I think, getting political and personal here on the show, I think that my anger at the outcome of the election has not dissipated. And in fact, it's probably heightened because I'm now seeing what's happening here. Yeah. I mean, Kavanaugh and, uh, you know, all of the travesties that have happened in the last almost two years now, I guess. Um, so, um, I think that what has dulled is my memory of some of the things that happened during the election. So the debates, some of the, articles written about the emails, some of the statements made by Comey, you know, about the investigations. So what will happen is if you read this, it will unearth all that stuff for you. It'll put it in context and order, but it might bring dredge up a bunch of really frustrating and and anger inducing memories from the election that I would assume are lying more dormant now than they were then. Um, that said, I still think it's a really good book and it's from a historical perspective, it's a good book. I mean, obviously it's very biased. It's Hillary's account of it, but, um, I, I I would, I would recommend picking it up now. I mean, obviously we've moved on from the election, but right. It's good. Still relevant and timely and informative. Yes, absolutely. Um, another book that is coming out this month in two weeks is Still Me by Jojo Moyes. We have talked about that book here. That is the third in the trilogy of um, Me Before You, Me After You, or After You, and Still Me. So this is the story of Louisa Clark, who um, in the first book, her her client is a paraplegic that she's taking care of in a wheelchair who um, decides to take his own life. And in this, of course, but not until after the two of them have fallen in love. In the second book, she's mourning his death and trying to pick up the pieces from that. And in the third one, she's moved to New York and is kind of creating a Trying to live her best life. Trying to live her best (laughs) life in New York. But being Louisa Clark, she keeps inviting all kinds of drama and issues in her (laughs) life. Um, It's classic Jojo Moyes. I thought it was good. I think I liked it better than number two, not as much as number one. And it was a fun read. So We um, like it a lot. We think she should stop here for a while, though. On the Louisa Clark stuff, yeah. I think we're kind of done with Louisa for a little while. Let's let let Louisa just be happy for a little while. That would be nice. Enjoy Sam. 
Exactly. Sam the EMT. <laughs> and then the last one I wanted to mention is a re-release of a book that came out, God, I'm going to say in the 80s or early 90s. Um, the Virgin Suicides by Jeffrey Eugenides was the first uh, Jeffrey Eugenides book that I read. I, I haven't read it in probably 25 years. I loved it. Um, I remember seeing the movie with Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst had an amazing soundtrack. Um, but if you... <laughs> was it an 80s soundtrack? No, I, I'm trying to remember now what's on the soundtrack here. I'm going to look up... Uh, first of all, I'm going to find out when this book first came out. It was such a, like... I found it so different and fresh when I first read it. It felt like such a... So it was like nothing I'd really read before. Right. And I thought it was so good. Oh, uh, wait, let's see. That's weird. They did the paperback version of it in 2009. And let's see when the hardcover came out. 2015. So this must right. be sort of like a some re-release. An anniversary. Yeah. I'm trying to see when this book initially came out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Wikipedia it. Um, I love him. And, well, for the most part, I don't love all of his stuff. I've loved... Did you read his most recent book? Marriage Plot or the one that came out after that? The one after that. Fresh Complaint? No. The stories. I didn't read that. I so this was, it says this was first published in 1993. So this is a 25 oh, okay. year, right? Oh, I was right. Said that 2003, yeah. yeah. It's 25 years ago. So I loved that book. Then I read Middlesex, which is... I Do you think you read that when it first came out? Yes. I read it back in, um, I guess, 93, I was in law school. Hmm. So I read it way back in my 20s when I had very little discretionary time for reading because I was a student and doing so much assigned reading. But I really remember it was so, like, just fresh and different. It's about these five sisters who... They all kill themselves, right? They all commit yeah, suicide. They all do. Um, I have not read that book. Oh, you should, maybe you should check out the re-release. Um, <laughs> it was really good. And then I loved Middlesex. The marriage plot I didn't love so much. So uh, Was that the one? Where was that set? Brown or Harvard? Brown. Brown. Yeah, he went to Brown. And um, did it bring back Brown memories? Yeah, some. Some, yeah. I just thought the characters were I thought some of it didn't ring true not so much the memories or the you know the Providence references and things like that it was more just I just them yeah them and what they did I didn't think it was great but uh yeah I really liked so I, I I would recommend the virgin suicides if you haven't ever read it before hmm. okay and I'm now looking up to see the oh here's the soundtrack for the virgin suicides <laughs> Uh, no, it's more 70s than 80s. It's um, Hart and um, Sticks and Todd Rundgren and um, Al know Green. Those people, Al Green, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like 70s stuff. Yeah, it's very dreamy and like atmospheric. So okay, yeah. That was, that was sort of the vibe of the movie. Yeah. I think I saw the movie. Sofia Coppola, Kristen Dunst, Kathleen Turner, James Woods. Yeah. Okay, you've got any more paperbacks to mention? Okay, so the last one I'm just going to mention briefly. We had Cynthia on the show. Her book, The Glass Forest, is now out in paperback. Cynthia Swanson. Um, Cynthia Swanson. What did I say? You just said Cynthia. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cynthia Swanson. 
So we had her on the show talking about the glass forest and she told us some interesting things about, you know, how writers going forward in order to contain their stories in a certain universe are going to have to look to the past if they don't want to have to deal with social media, um, which is interesting because that's come up in conversation so much, you know, in yeah. terms of people talking about not wanting to deal with the texting and the and just all the distractions of modern life. So her novels have been set in the usually mid to late 50s, early 60s. And this one is, you know, a wife goes missing. She's um, she's living with her husband and her daughter and she goes missing. And then I think his brother, someone's brother, his brother and his new wife, you know, she ha- they have a new baby. They come up to sort of try to figure out what, you know, like what's going on with these missing parents. It was a really good book. So, yeah, so that's out in paperback. And I have a few more, but I am going to hold them maybe until the next show and just mention a couple more that have been out in in paperback because um, we're getting a little long for us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So was there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I don't think so. Any good, have you been to any good politics and prose talks? No, I haven't gone to anything lately. Yeah, you've been like really busy. I've been busy. And one thing, like one of the byproducts of politics and prose's great success is that they now have locations all over the city. They've got one down by the wharf and they do stuff at the Sixth and I Synagogue, which is downtown. And as a result, like the ones that are at other locations are just really inconvenient for me because they're like seven o'clock on a weeknight you know, really far away. The ones that are in their original store are much easier for me to get to, but not these. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you'll have to try out Bus Boys and Poets. I know. And they do stuff at those as well. So there was a time when Politics and Prose was, um, they were actually running all the bookstores within Bus Boys and Poets. And then they've since stopped doing that, but they were doing a lot of readings at Bus Boys and Poets too. And they're just, again, like it's just not that easy to get to on a weeknight. Oh, I, 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 of course, I can't tell you which location I visited in D.C., but I went while I was in D.C., and I really love that. Yeah, it's a cool place. Store, and, I, and their mug is, like, I have their mug, and it's, like, my favorite mug. Oh, nice. So. All right. Well, so that about wraps it up for this edition of the Readerly Report. And until next time, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time.